welcome to Millennial Pagan Podcast, the podcast that's discussing issues and hot topics influencing the pagan world from a millennial perspective. We're your hosts, Autumn Wolf and Jarrah Stone, and in studio we also have Sunshine. Sunshine. Hi guys. Hello. <laughs> welcome back. Thank you. And welcome back from camp. Thank you. Yes. So our last episode, everybody got to hear me chatter on about my experience. Now I'm going to grill you about yours. <laughs> yes. I'm okay with this. So you guys went to where again? Uh, we went up to the Mendocino uh, Redwoods mm-hmm. uh, up in Northern California. Mm-hmm. And we went there with uh, the uh, essentially the California reclaiming uh, group mm-hmm. that has their awesome witch camp up there. Yay! So how many Arizona witch camp witches went to California witch camp? There were seven of us all together. Yeah. Awesome. Um, actually, Te- technically, technically nine. Eight. Well, also uh, Punam from Tucson. Punam didn't travel with us, though. No, she didn't travel with us. But, but she was up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, we had an original seven, and then kind of the day before, we had uh, an extra ask if they could join us and course you know the more the merrier mm-hmm. so uh eight of us all together yep. yay and that you guys usually caravan up there all together so it's a little bit safer and a little bit funner <laughs> oh yeah that is definitely um and also because it's very time consuming mm-hmm. uh it took us pretty much takes us about a day and a half uh to get from from here to camp so my experience was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three-day experience. You guys were at camp in magical space for how long? It, w- it was a total of seven days. Yeah, six nights. We got yeah. there around uh, 2 o'clock mm-hmm. on, on Sunday, mm-hmm. and we left at 11 the following Sunday. So six evenings, seven days. Yeah. Oof. And it was, it, and being that it was my first time, I, I can say it was intense. I believe it. Yeah. Ours was intense. Yes. Because uh, we were in a tent. Corn. Yes. <laughs> the corn. But, yeah, the corn. But yeah, um, for, for anybody who, who has not gone up to the Redwoods, mm-hmm. let, let me just say this. And Sunshine kind of explained this to me, and I, I kind of want to reiterate it. There's a point where the trees just start getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then all of a sudden, the trees just stop getting bigger. But you look down and to the side, and you notice that the ground is getting lower and lower and lower. But the trees are staying the same size. <laughs> that, I didn't believe it, to tell you the truth. First time hearing it. Mm-hmm. And when we got there, Sunshine made sure that I was not driving and that I was looking out the window the entire time. And oh my gods and goddesses, it was the most amazing thing I had I had witnessed to date. It gives me goosebumps every time we drive in. <laughs> mm-hmm. Every single time. Awesome. Whether I'm driving or not passenger, yeah. it's absolutely magical wow. driving into the redwoods. Awesome. Especially with how close a lot of these trees are to the road itself. Mm-hmm. And just how massive it is. Like you can you can crane your neck and try to look up in the car and you're still not gonna see the top of these right. trees. Yeah. And because the trees are close enough to the road, I don't recommend sticking your head out to do it. <laughs> oh Yeah, no. <laughs> Donk. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean and just getting into the cam, you know, getting from a paved road mm-hmm. to a 
road that was paved in the 80s to a road that was paved in the 70s to complete dirt, that in and of of itself was actually kind of magical because it was, at least for me, kind of going into a time and a space where nobody had that. And it just kind of just brought that this, this already magical energy to it because it was away from civilization. I had a very similar experience because I was on highway, turned off onto private road, and literally it was road, 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 gravel. <laughs> and then it was just gravel, no road. Nice. <laughs> so. Yeah, but... um. And I do have to say, it was beautiful every single day that we were there. I don't even think it got over like 80, 85 degrees the oh, entire time we were there. Hun, I don't think it got over 70. Yeah, that's true. So you were in a hoodie the whole time? No. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, am a, I am a human furnace, mm-hmm. so I was, I was just fine for anything except overnight and morning. Mm-hmm. I was just, you know, tank top, pants kilt some days just depending on what it was uh most of the times i was actually still in my pjs just because i could and it was comfortable so i have not been that far north in california i haven't been in california um is it humid up there the humidity really uh it was negligible honestly you could you could tell a little bit when it when it rained Mm -hmm. it is consistently damp underneath the um redwoods that okay it mm-hmm. just there's you're always slightly wet mm-hmm. georgia <laughs> sorry so, i grew up in that so yeah. when the heat rises mm-hmm. and there's humidity you can kind of feel the difference but for the most part if it's warm it's extra warm and if it's cold it's extra cold because of the damp yeah yeah no I, my roommate made fun of me because i was like don't i need a tarp to put under the tent so when i put the tent away there's not stuff stuck to it and she's like high desert you're, you're going to high desert mm-hmm. no and i'm like oh okay never mind yeah so, that was definitely a consideration yeah anything that was down on the ground that didn't have anything underneath it was wet yeah and mm-hmm. bringing home extra stuff with it oh yeah mm-hmm. redwood duff i'm still finding it <laughs> <laughs> exciting so talk a little bit about the organization of not only the camp like the camp experience itself but also the group putting it on so it was um I'd honestly say, not really having something to compare it to, it was very organized. Mm-hmm. Um, there was actually a structure to every day, to every um, every class, or what we called a, the, our paths, mm-hmm. uh, meal times. Uh, we had uh, affinity groups where we literally met up with people that on day one we didn't even know or didn't even speak with, but kind of just to get to know people in our community and we did stuff together um there was like a set set time where we actually met up with our with our groups um even all the way down to the to the rituals at the end of the night there were everything was scheduled precisely and Mm -hmm. we tried not to go on pagan standard time Mm -hmm. which which was good um i mean sometimes you know some people straggled straggled in Mm -hmm. late but for the most part, I mean, like, like I said, not having something to compare it to, mm-hmm. 
it was very well structured and very well organized. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know from years past, but um, well, let me speak to a little bit about the structure. Mm-hmm. Um, this is their this was their twenty fourth year holding witch camp. They've had many years of um, fixing things and figuring mm-hmm. out what works, what doesn't. Right. They will spend all year long uh, planning witch camp, and then the few weeks in advance putting the energy into the rituals and putting the energy into the different paths. And um, so, yeah. so magically prepping as opposed to physically prepping. Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. And then when you get into witch camp space, mm-hmm. because you are so mentally, I would say not there because you are inside and you are working your magic inside of you within the community. They give you that structure to work within um, so that everyone is on the same page. Right. So you're not having to build up the circle yourself already. It's kind of already existent. Like the energy to pull it open is there mm-hmm. or yes. pull it up. Yeah. This was um, for, to reference back to mine, the group that was putting on my experience, this was the second time they held a large group experience like that. Um as an organization. So they just didn't have the years of expertise prepared for them. I'm not saying that they did a bad job. They did a fantastic job for this mm-hmm. being like they, totally unprepared for the most part for something like that. Um, only experiencing it with Yule. So hearing you guys talk about they, they've had it they got, they got it down pat going. Yeah. Huh, okay. It, all yeah. it is is it takes time and experience, oh, yeah. and the experience comes from having poor years, you know, where, oh, yeah. where it just didn't work out. Well, why? Let's figure that out mm-hmm. and make it better going forward. Yeah, and, and again, not to disparage on my group, I think they're good. when they get there, it's going to be fully awesome, but mm-hmm. like some of those people are used to doing big events already, like worked in events, so... It wasn't like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. So, but yeah. hearing you guys talk about twenty four years, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. Yep. So, um, I have tried to ask this question of other people who've gone to California Witch Camp before, uh, and was not fully fulfilled with the answer I got. The paths. What exactly are the paths? Because you guys even said you're on two different. Mm-hmm. You were on two different paths. Is that kind of the inner journey you were planning on taking? What are the paths? The way that I see it, it's more of a structured class mm-hmm. that you would take and it's it's not just a one day it's mm-hmm. literally once you set on on a specific path you're on that path for the whole week mm-hmm. and you do a little bit more of a deep dive into what you're learning mm-hmm. uh, for example my my path was actually the elements path and it was the the 101 the beginnings you know learning how to cast circle learning how to do it properly learning about the elements, whereas there's other paths that, um, you know, you, you had to take elements as a prerequisite mm-hmm. to get into. Uh, there was one that I, I I wanted to actually learn more about. It was actually called The Fool's Journey. Mm-hmm. And it was a little bit more of learning learning with tarot, learning the, the major arcana, mm-hmm. but focusing a little bit more on The Fool itself more of the eclectic side of magic. Mm-hmm. And Sunshine, what was your path? Uh, mine was the left-handed magic path. Um, that is a uh, hexing, 
uh, cursing. Um, just uh, what uh, we could go into this all day, but it's right. what what um, is considered um, not anti magic, but like the dark side of magic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it comes with with its own warnings and mm-hmm. stuff. They say not to do it and harm none, which I just think is the worst hamstring in the world in the history of <laughs> right. magic to set, to tell someone to not hurt someone else. But what if you're already being hurt? What if your people are being oppressed? Mm-hmm. You're just supposed to sit there and, and allow it to happen. Here's so, a way to have empowerment upon yourself and be powerful. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there is, to, to quote someone, there is um, a sacred rage that you can use your rage and the anger in a positive manner. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't think that magic is necessarily just good mm-hmm. or should be just good. Because if you look at a cat and a mouse, to a mouse, a cat is evil because all it is is destruction and death. And to a cat, the mouse is dinner. It's a necessity. How are we to judge what is good and what's bad? All we can do is protect ourselves the best we can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, no, I totally agree. And there were there were a couple other paths too that were uh, one that actually kind of kind of intrigued me, and I'm I'm waiting to actually hear a little bit more about this class from a couple friends who were in it. Uh, the mycelial pentacle, pretty much because we were in the redwoods. They had a kind of a community, uh, community built course mm-hmm. about the roots of all the trees intertwining underneath the ground and creating this mycelial network where one tree from one side of the forest can communicate with the other tree on another side of a forest. If one tree is dying, it's giving its and uh, giving its energy and its nourishment to the other trees around it. It's honestly when I when I heard them talk about this, I honestly pictured the movie Avatar, mm-hmm. and when they're talking about uh, Awa, mm-hmm. and when you when they're they're in the forest and they're actually like networking the electrical electrical signal going throughout the roots, it's kind of the same thing, and it's a beautiful picture mm-hmm. where even though they can be miles and miles apart just this connection between two living beings exists Mm -hmm. and one of my friends is kind of still decompressing from it but i can't wait to hear what what they have to say about it awesome Mm. so my question then jara you said that the elements is a prerequisite to a lot of them as the first time that you're at camp do you have to take elements no if you have taken this class before, because there's a lot of uh, a lot of different reclaiming courses that happen throughout Arizona, California, wherever you are, mm-hmm. if, you, if you just look it up. If you have taken this specific class before going to camp, it still counts. Now, being that I have I've never taken it officially. Mm-hmm. I kind of decided that that was a little bit more because I wanted to have the the experience of starting year one, grade one. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I just have to say the the teachers that we had, amazing 
beautiful work, beautifully done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jen and Suzanne Sterling, wonderful teachers. I honestly, I envy anybody who has had them as teachers before. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that I had this opportunity to to share the experience with such powerful women of the craft Mm -hmm. and that they were able to share their knowledge with us. Now, is there a way for a solitary or somebody else to say test out of it? Um, that would have to be something like if they, if you'd have to do the research online to Mm -hmm. tell you the truth, because there are, there are some of these courses online that you can take. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it, there's no real way to prove that you've taken it other than your own morality. Okay. So, I mean, if you feel that you honestly, you know enough about it, you've done the research about it, that you feel that you really don't need to take this course, mm-hmm. that's perfectly fine. You know, if, if you've been in the craft five years, ten years, and you've never taken this course and you feel that you do know enough, that's perfectly fine. At least in, in my opinion. But being that I'd never officially taken the course, right. I wanted to make sure that I was going to get what I needed out of it. No, and I think that was smart of yeah. you to do that because of where you've been on your journey mm-hmm. before. So um, did Sunshine on your first time at camp, did you take elements or did you bypass and go someplace else? Oh, I took it. Um, I didn't know until my second year mm-hmm. that um, it's optional if you discuss it with the, your teachers of the class that you want to take mm-hmm. um, in advance. And um, s- there are teachers that will allow you to take their class if you haven't taken the official reclaiming elements. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that it's there's enough knowledge and um, teachings in that course mm-hmm. um, that anyone even me could go back to it and learn something new right. out of it so I don't I don't like the thought that it's a prerequisite to learn everything else um, because everyone basically if you've if you've been in the craft for a while you know the elements of magic but I think that it, it behooves us all to at least start in reclaiming mm-hmm. if you've never been to a reclaiming class to just start there because you're not going to miss anything from the other classes if you could take them all <laughs> take right. a time turner and take them all that would be great but you get enough emotionally and magically out of whatever class you take yeah. that there is no missing right. of, of any of the others so I would just say if you have not taken it and you go to camp for the first time, absolutely take it. It is totally worth your while. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and I, I, I completely agree. I don't feel like I missed out. I feel like I gained a lot more knowledge. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, e- even in the, the short time that I've been part of reclaiming and the short time that I've been part of the magic, mm-hmm. I feel that there was a lot that was that was passed on to me that it really awakened a new idea, a mm-hmm. new structure in my head to be able to use the basics and to help out 
in my path and my structure and with my group. Right. Of course. So what is your favorite thing that you learned in your path? I learned, and that this is actually something that really, really hit home with me. We were actually talking about uh, ancestry mm-hmm. and how ancestors don't necessarily mean blood. Mm-hmm. And this honestly opened up an entire new world for me because anytime I thought ancestors, anytime I thought going back and, vi- and and speaking with my ancestors or using an ancestral power, it was always for me, bloodline, bloodline, bloodline. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, when we started talking about ancestry, it could be an ancestry of the craft or ancestry of uh, a certain a certain path, a certain race religion creed following what whatever you want it to be whatever you need it to be Mm -hmm. it opened up something for me and we actually on the same day that we were talking about it we actually did a trance where we were communicating with the ancestors and all of a sudden i was visited by men of feminism these were my ancestors Mm -hmm. and it was just such a a a powerful thing just to know that there are men throughout history that are not even just part of the craft but that cover all this this scope of feminism of equality that it actually made me feel comforted mm-hmm. and they they gave me and I, I wish i had my notebook uh do, <laughs> do you know where where our notebooks are well, yes okay um because i i kind of i i wrote down kind of what was said to me and kind of mm-hmm. what i was feeling but one of the the most important parts of it is being a man in a feminist society is going to be difficult not from the society but from those who don't understand Mm -hmm. and just to continue working in the name of the goddess because we're going to be the added strength we're going to be the community that binds and when needed we can also be the warriors Mm -hmm. standing right there with our allies so it's just kind of one of those for me at that point and that that was just day two Mm -hmm. that 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 brought me deeper into my belief Mm -hmm. than i have been ever so that and and for me just just that experience alone just honestly i came out of the trance just crying because it's what i needed right so sunshine same question what was the fave your favorite thing that you learned on your path Mm. um gosh it was a really difficult path um i believe it (laughs) (laughs) no it uh it, it uh, I think most of what I learned was outside of PATH. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interactions with other campers, 
um, that gave me most growth. Mm -hmm. But one of the interesting things that I learned in PATH was um, how negative speak Mm -hmm. um, about someone to someone is a form of hexing. So gossiping is a form of hexing. hexing. Yes. And you're injecting poison not only into the person listening or the person about and everybody else in the space. It's kind of like vomit. Mm -hmm. You know, when you throw up, it doesn't just land on stuff. It's still in your mouth and Mm. it's still on your face and it's still still around. And everybody can smell it. Yes. Right. So people who have a tendency to negative speak other people, Mm -hmm. they tend to be unhappy themselves. Mm -hmm. Because I believe of that hexing, you are putting out a negative energy. It does cling to you. So I don't know. That that just to me, it was extremely fascinating. And it's something that I I have strived to not negative speak. Mm -hmm. But now I'm even more conscious if it does Mm -hmm. come out of my mouth to caveat it with these are some absolute wonderful things about this person Mm -hmm. and they are a valuable human being and here's something that really bothered me and just kind of leave it at that and and uh when someone comes to me and says something negative about someone i listen and i understand that they had a negative experience and then i try to move the conversation away uh, maybe ask them if they did something they themselves, you know, something positive that they themselves experienced, just trying to, to bring the conversation more to a positive spin. So mm-hmm. uh, that I felt that was the most interesting thing about that came out of my path. Awesome. Well, we're going to take a short break, let you guys digest that, and we'll be right back. Jira, have you ever wondered if our Patreon supporters are truly getting great benefits for their money? Of course you do, because I've asked it at the end of every episode. Uh, that's true. Well, if you, dear listener, are wondering if you should support Millennial Pagan Podcast through Patreon, I think we should tell you why. Well, at the $1 mark, of course, you get a personalized thank you right here on the show. Right at the very end of the show, actually. Mm-hmm. And at the $5 mark, not only do you get those thank yous at the end of the show, but you also have access to a 30-minute Minisode every month. And one of our exclusive buttons and stickers. Sent directly to your home or address that you provide to me. Yeah. Yeah. And why are those minisodes so awesome? Well, I think because we answer a lot of uh, interesting questions that we may not have time for during one of these shows. Yeah, and it's just us yammering on being silly. And, of course, you know, we have a lot of more bloopers that we get to show you at the end. Also, in the near future, Patreon supporters, we will have more exclusive content, and you'll also be the first to know of any changes that happen to Millennial Pagan Podcast. So if you aren't a Patreon supporter yet, why don't you go ahead and think about it and join up so you can get all these great benefits. See you next time. And welcome back to Millennial Pagan Podcast, talking with Jara and Sunshine about California Witch Camp. Yay. Yay. So we just talked about path work, mm-hmm. but that's kind of small group stuff. Yeah. What about the big magic? The overall magic? <laughs> the big stuff? They're maniacally laughing at me, guys. So there, there was a lot of magic that was re- revolving around Hecate mm-hmm. and she she was definitely the, the main focus of our 
work of mm-hmm. our intentions, which I actually, I actually have, we had a different intention every night, every ritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there was an evening ritual basically every single day. Mm-hmm. So describe, I was under the impression there was multiple rituals throughout the day. It's just one evening ritual every night? Or? Correct. Okay. Large group ritual every night. Okay, awesome. Yeah. There, there may have been like some smaller rituals in paths. Oh. Um, because I, cause I, well, it I, makes sense yeah. if you're literally learning how to learning do a how circle. To. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which was kind of awesome, which, uh, to all my, all my fellow, uh, bees out there, buzz, buzz, you guys know what that means. So our, um, you don't have to say they know what that means. Sorry. I know. Buzz. Buzz, buzz. Mm-hmm. Because we are, we are bees. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Um, you have intentions. But yes. Yeah, so there were, there were different <laughs> intentions every night, um, the first night that we were there, which was literally Sunday, uh, we meet Hecate through the ecstasy of grief inside and outside of time. Mm-hmm. And I know we had we had spoken previously during uh, during our minisode mm-hmm. about what my what what I thought was going to be a big trigger for me, mm-hmm. and it was me not being able to grieve my dad. And it was literally like Hecate was like, "Here, first ritual." get that out get that out and i learned that i mean literally there was wailing there was crying they had um people on tables as effigies Mm -hmm. of past loved ones and i came to the realization that my mourning wasn't the loud wailing it wasn't the shaking of fists it wasn't hitting the floor bawling Honestly, all I had to say was, "Daddy, I miss you," mm-hmm. and that was it. That and was it. Was it was done? And it was done. Mm-hmm. And such a huge weight was lifted off of my shoulders from that mm-hmm. because I had so much focus on I never grieved my dad, mm-hmm. and I came to the realization that I grieved in my own way. You did grieve, and now yeah. it's just I miss. Yeah, and it's it's gone. Mm-hmm. Um. And being thrown, I mean, I, I, I can I can speak for myself, you know, being thrown into a, a ritual that was centered around grief um, for night one, mm-hmm. literally only being there half the day. Yeah, that was quite the foreshadowing. It was intense. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, that, that, that was my experience with that one. I don't know if you, you had something. Um, I quite... I don't want to say enjoyed, but I learned a lot from that ritual. Mm-hmm. It's um, there's an old custom where women would come to um, like a wake or something, and they would be hired as whalers, mm-hmm. as as professional the, mourners, professional mourners, and they would begin the keening and the wailing that some people need, and it would it just escalates into these people get having, it out ecstasy mm-hmm. of grief just like it said there is there is a moment it's not pleasurable but it's where it peaks and that's it and that's that's where you come down the other side and you can start healing mm-hmm. so i just i thought it was incredibly beautiful mm-hmm. um and very moving naame talked about them with mm-hmm. the kohana mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. uh so the second night was a very powerful ritual in a different way Mm-hmm. Um, Hecate, one of one of the things that she's known for is actually being the protector of children, mm-hmm. and there is a 
huge, huge injustice that's going on right now with these children in cages. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what the second night was about. We are the flame of protection and the song that calls you home. And something happened during during this ritual that as a child I heard this song and it was Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Mm-hmm. And at ritual, for, for those of you that know me, my mom's Hispanic. My mom's side of the family hails from Mexico. And there was actually these two, uh, two witches there that actually sang the song in Spanish, just like my mom used to sing to me. Mm-hmm. And the intention was to get these kids out of these cages to finally bring them home, to bring them to a family, to bring them to their loved ones. Mm-hmm. And the just the, the magic surrounding this was so powerful and just so beautiful, but also so heartbreaking. Right. And for me, it kind of, it kind of cemented, I mean, I, I, we have this sort of detachment that happens when you don't see it in front of you. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you, you, you can probably hear it in my voice right now. I was detached from the situation. I, I, I knew about it, but I never really thought about it. Mm-hmm. And ever since, just, just learning about it and, and doing this magic, I have a, a righteous fuck you about this right now. Because... This should not be happening. And for those of you that don't know what's going on about these these concentration camps, these fucking concentration camps that nobody is looking at. Death camps. These death camps. These camps not just with children, but with men, with women that are just overcrowded. And it's just, it's so heartbreaking that people need to open their eyes to this. They are for profit. These mm-hmm. people are pocketing money, yeah, money mm-hmm. from our taxes to keep yeah. these going. Whereas, Profiting on their misery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas people are going there and talking to these kids and they don't have basic needs. They don't. It's too expensive to provide them with basic needs and they don't, they shouldn't be there. No. But anyway, continuing but, on. But so it, it just kind of ignited ignited something in me and mm-hmm. being that you know such such close close work with Hecate mm-hmm. being the protector of the children my my eyes were open to this and I mean I'm sitting here almost getting ready to cry because of the situation and before going to camp I I don't even think I would be this animate about mm-hmm. it because there's such a removal because of media, because of what everything's going on. And, you know, God has blessed the people who are, who are exposing this because it needs to be seen. It needs to be seen. And I don't care who thinks who started it or or whatnot. It doesn't matter who started it. It doesn't matter if it was the Trump administration. It doesn't matter if it was the Obama administration. It doesn't matter who started it. The it's f- time to end it's it. It's time to end it. It's time to end it. It's time to open those gates and close those doors. So, yeah. 
Was that right. that was that, that was, was day two? Okay, that, that was day <laughs> that two. That was day two. Wow. Okay, um, day three. Day three. We toast the red dragon and honor life. This was work with bloodborne pathogens. Hail mm-hmm. the red dragon. All hail the red living blood. So um, this was uh, this was Tuesday, and we actually had a dinner slash going into the ritual mm-hmm. um, where conversations were kept to a minimum everybody everybody wore the color red mm-hmm. as a symbol of these bloodborne pathogens and to fight them and anytime some you know when somebody felt moved they would grab their cup and yell out hail the red dragon all hail the red dragon all and hail the red living blood and then that was the response so the red dragon um is a mythical creature that um thrives on healthy blood mm-hmm. it overjoy overjoices with love from love and um loves it when we are healthy mm-hmm. and it, it in reclaiming we call upon when there's an epidemic mm-hmm. um and so we what the red dragon is looking for this at this time um, is not just um, a, a healing AIDS mm-hmm. um, and hepatitis and, and all that, um, but it's making it affordable mm-hmm. because those those cures and those helps are out there, but they're keeping them just out of reach by making them just so expensive. That's yeah. for everything that can yes. cure us medically yeah no i there's, agree there there's this saying you can't make money if you cure something right exactly so the cures are just that unaffordable yeah. that the re- the medicine the the treatment of the symptoms is mm-hmm. so the red dragon is that ritual is about healing bloodborne pathogens yes and bringing mm-hmm. awareness and 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 bringing the red dragon back to help assist yeah. in that mm-hmm. so it was calling and, him forth yes, yes. That. and gotcha. and this was also kind of a special night too because this night with uh i kind of touched on the affinity groups a little bit mm-hmm. earlier um this night was actually doing ritual with our affinity groups our small groups before coming in to a big group group. to a larger Mm -hmm. group and the larger ritual was actually more subdued Mm -hmm. whereas the smaller ritual and i i can only speak for the ritual that that we did um it was powerful like my my affinity group we are we we called ourselves the mixed nuts because we were the eclectic of the eclectic we had um just six different people from completely different walks of life, completely different areas in life that were brought together. And there was uh, a, a, a moment where we, we did this spell together, where we did this, this magic together, bringing together the ones who are affected, the patients, the caretakers that are taking care of them and the researchers that are researching cures and making them more affordable. And the six of us together just binding these sticks that we found just to bring the three factions together to find an affordable method, an affordable way. 
I've never felt magic that powerful in such a small group. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it that way. Now, the small group that you're talking about, it's the same as your path working no, group? No. Okay. No, so completely the, different. So, the, so you've the, got like three different groups you have yeah. to be part of already. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it, and it wasn't you, you had to be a part of the affinity groups. Mm-hmm. It was just if you wanted to get together with some people or if you wanted to be randomly matched up with some people, which is how our group was formed. It was completely at random. And... I'm so glad that the fates, that the goddess brought us together because we each had something to bring to the table and we each had something to learn from each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, even one of the guys, he actually kind of earned his magical name in the group as a chaos. Oh, dear. <laughs> which was uh, uh, Tom. No, he, yeah. he, he, he said it's okay. 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 I, I... As, as long as I, he says... You can talk about it. It's fine. Okay. I, yeah. I hesitate to, to bring in any names oh, of course. or mm-hmm. specifications well, because some Agreed. people yeah. aren't out yeah. yet. So. Right. Right. And oh, if, yeah. Yeah. If, if, if you know him, if you know chaos, you know, he is, he is, he has blown the broom closet wide off of its hinges. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I know how that is. Yeah. But, uh, so that kind of, that in and of itself had its own, uh, had its own magical working. Mm-hmm. This just doing doing these independent rituals and then bringing them together in a, in a small, in a big group. Right. Um, Wednesday night was open the gate, turn the key as I will. So oh, mode it be, be. Uh, kind of taking the, uh, the example of Hecate's keys mm-hmm. and opening the door to the crossroads, whatever, whatever crossroads are hidden. Mm-hmm. Um, which was, which was great work in and of itself. And there was a lot of um, that. That was that was the night of the effigy, wasn't it? The where, where we 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 called was forth. that the overnight ritual? I think that was the overnight was ritual. Yeah, the days blend together. <laughs> I get you. No, so. yeah. I had to sit and write my journal ing down so it didn't blend together. <laughs> and because I didn't do it while there, I had to do it um the the br- the bring down there were some mm-hmm. things missing and mm-hmm. thoughts that had to come up later or be reintroduced to me later yeah but um so the the overnight ritual slash dance party yeah uh was actually kind of interesting to start off with um we started in the dance hall mm-hmm. in the mess hall the all purpose hall whatever you want to call it uh doing a blindfolded dance which was actually kind of kind of awesome and it was like literally everybody's blindfolded dancing around in their own space yeah and, uh i got corralled back in apparently i was uh, wandering off into a direction i wasn't supposed to <laughs> yeah but it, it was where are you going little sheep <laughs> That's right. they basically just um touch you and kind of move you so that you don't stop dancing, but they move you in a direction so that wherever your feet go, you're going the right, right yeah. direction. <laughs> so Where are not... you going? <laughs> Get back in there. Mm-hmm. But uh, this, the, pretty much there there were people kind of, it was like a trance dance, mm-hmm. essentially. And one of the things was um, Hecate, ooh, excuse me, Hecate actually gave us an athme. Mm-hmm. And the athme transformed into a tool to use for our work and whatever the tool was was meant as as a representation to you as to how to use her athame mm-hmm. 
and for me, and I'm complete, completely comfortable saying this, my FMA turned into a microphone. You, which you got gifted. Which I got gifted at the end of the camp. <laughs> so it, it, it's one of those using my voice, using performance to kind of bring light to whatever's going on and kind of what, uh, what I started calling performance with a purpose. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that was actually pretty awesome. Uh, the next night was talent show. Hey, wait a minute. What <laughs> oh, did God. your athame turn into? It didn't. I was so tranced out that I completely stopped listening to any instructions and was oh. just dancing in my own space. I. <laughs> That's what you know. needed. I didn't even mm-hmm. know that, oh, that, that you were supposed to be doing that part. <laughs> you just got lost, <laughs> like did. totally lost. I did, and it. it you're right. It was exactly what I needed, and uh, yeah. it just helped me lose Done. lose the things that I had been hanging on to of the mm-hmm. day, mm-hmm. Um, of the week, I guess, because it was already Wednesday, so it was halfway yeah. through the week, and I had been hanging on to some stuff, Oof. and I was able to just let that go, and I felt uh, freer afterwards, mm-hmm. So, and I really do enjoy dancing, and you had a blindfold, and it was just fun. Yeah. yeah. Nobody was looking at you, and you weren't looking at anybody else. Exactly. So, which also, and like I was saying, it was also the, the all-night ritual, mm-hmm. which there was a couple of different rituals that were going on mm-hmm. um, that you could choose to be a part of or not be a part of. But the whole reason for the dance party was to create energy create for the, energy. the rest of it. Yeah. 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 So we did, we did occasionally when there was a pause in between music, we would just twinkle our, our magic over to the people who were at the bonfire and doing the overnight thing. So... I, I kind of petered out. What was it like? One thirty? About one thirty. I, yeah. I was up till about two thirty, almost three. So I have a weird question. I'm yeah. very much this way. Um, even not at camp anymore. Sun's up. I'm up. Um, and I wasn't going to bed until two o'clock. So people mm-hmm. were like, "What are you doing up this early? What was your experience with that? Like the natural alarm clock of the sun? Did it do that to you guys or no?" Nah? Not really. Uh-uh. No, it was exhaustion ruled the day, and uh, mm-hmm. his his alarm clock woke us up as needed. Yeah, uh-uh. which uh, um, was actually kind of kind of nice. But I did wake up a couple times during the night to make my way up a hill to go to the bathroom. Yeah, it was hiking to the restroom every yeah. single time you had to go. I had a porta potty right outside camp, and then there was oh. actual real toilets far far away so i could run to a porta potty and run back that's exactly why they were all uphill is because Gravity. they were mm-hmm. yeah because they were a sewage sewage system you got shower hot showers and mm-hmm. you got flushing toilets but you had to work for it mm-hmm. which uh for for my for my friends who have a little extra meat on their bones and i'm saying this because i do um we're aware something yes something that was uh that was kind of gifted to me was being able to walk like a gorilla uh up hills because weight distribution and i will say if you ever get into a situation where you're in a mountainous area and your legs don't feel like they're carrying you start walking like a gorilla i know it sounds weird but it it, it it works it worked for me and and sound guy T over here is nodding his head in agreement, <laughs> and horns up a little bit yeah. too. <laughs> um, but there there was also uh some very deep shadow work that was done, uh kind of a little bit more of the what what uh, Sunshine was talking about in uh, about her path, 
doing a little bit of the dark side of the magic, kind of bringing up Hecate's Hellhounds. Mm. And we can't really talk about the magic yeah. because they've asked us. Like, right. No, it's Oathbound. Yeah. 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 But, but uh, it's very, very intense. Let's just put it that yes, way. Yes. The, that's, I had a really hard time <laughs> with camp this year because I believe my path was darker mm-hmm. and not like evil dark, but like just shadow yeah. dark. And that's, mm-hmm. that's a lot heavier to carry around than, of course. than the light. Yeah. yeah. Like, Definitely. Um, so the next night that, after all uh, after all that night. was well, it was our, our day of repose. Day of repose. That means we got to sleep in. We got to oh. sleep in. Well, um, you would hope if you're going <laughs> to dance all night. But we also had a healing ritual in the middle of the day. Yes. Oh. Um, which I I have to say this. Um, I've never done acupuncture before. There, there was a whole lot of different different stations from massage to. Uh, sound healing, acupuncture, acupressure, mm-hmm. cuddling. Um, and previous years, they've had yeah. um, a listening, sacred mm-hmm. listening, where you just listen to someone mm-hmm. and let them work something out in their own time. That that I did that for people, and it, it's amazing some of the things that they're able to work through if they can just have someone just listen. listen. Mm-hmm. So... I can say this, and anybody who knows me knows that I've had knee problems, uh, specifically my right knee, ever since high school. Mm-hmm. And having not just the just the magical space, just filled with all this different type of healing energy, but doing this acupuncture. Um, apparently, I held a lot of my stress in my knee because mm-hmm. in my younger days, my knee was the cause of a lot of my stress. Mm-hmm. After this healing ritual and after doing this acupuncture... Um, there, there's a spot in the ear where it deals with stress. Mm-hmm. And after, uh, after the lady actually pulled out the needle, that spot bled and bled and bled. And she looked at me and she said, you've held a lot of stress in, haven't you? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I have. It's been a rough life. And I stood up. And for the first time in a very, very long time, I could not feel the pain in my knee. Mm-hmm. And it scared me. <laughs> because I was like, wait, something's wrong. Right. And I, I know I, I showed you a little bit earlier. I was jumping up and down on my leg that has my hurt knee. Right. No pain. It is amazing the, just the healing energy that, that went around. And there was people that, that I was talking to that have had pains that did different things, not just the acupuncture, but different things in this in this healing ritual where they just felt better. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, I'm a firm believer of the healing healing energy now, especially acupuncture, which I've never tried before. And when's your next session? <laughs> When my knee starts hurting again. Okay. If, if it starts hurting again. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know then there was um, just a lot of people. The entire time, the entire healing ritual, there was a big circle of people in the middle of the circle, just literally chanting, singing, and going in a circle. Mm-hmm. The holding, ent- holding, holding that magic, holding yeah. the space, and, and uh, just continuously creating a low cone. 
Mm-hmm. You know how when, yep. we, when mm-hmm. we do ritual, we create these big cones and the energy just kind of blasts off mm-hmm. into the universe with our intention. In this one, it was just, it was like a sound bowl. Right. Just creating that constant sound, that constant magic mm-hmm. for the people in the center or whoever needed it. Because right. I sent, yeah. I sent some off to all the loved ones back home. Right. Mm-hmm. So the next night uh, was the intention, we conspire with the Queen of Witches inciting Wild Grace. So one of the names that Hecate is known for is the Queen of the Witches. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe it was on, uh, on this night was the, was actually the camp-led ritual. Mm-hmm. So camper-led, the ca- yeah. camper-led ritual. So usually the teachers create the, the rituals, but this one was 100% brought up and thought up by the uh, campers. Mm-hmm. So it was what you guys needed afterwards. It wasn't yeah. construction, constructed before. Correct. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and it was just, just kind of a, a awesome awesome night awesome energy with that one mm-hmm. um and actually what i believe that's the one where there were the th- the three the three hecates the three hecates well one was um hecate hecate hecate, hecate and, queen and queen of the, of the witches, the witches. Mm-hmm. and uh, it was hecate hecate and, and queen of the, and the queen of the witches and they had all three in aspect mm-hmm. and they went around and and were giving giving words to people who needed it. Hey, e- exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I I feel rather blessed that two out of the three actually came up to me and and gave me the passion mm-hmm. that I need to be able to to do this work and to to bring light to what i want to do now mm-hmm. and then um if i could yeah. yeah so that night as well um i was actually feeling quite disconnected um i had stepped away from the circle i didn't have the energy to maintain mm-hmm. the, the chanting and the dancing around um and one of the hecates came to me and uh helped bring me bring me back mm-hmm. um, just by acknowledging that I was feeling disconnected and giving a little, a little thought and a little hope and uh, to me and helped me muster up that, uh, that line to mm-hmm. the energy that was being created and not only brought mine up, but was able to give more. A gentle nudge. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. A gentle nudge. Gentle love. Nudge. Gentle love. And then the final night. Um, spicy. It was... Spicy taco. <laughs> very spicy. <laughs> we become the many revolutionary faces of Hecate. Mm-hmm. We are the spell. And this one was centered around being Hecate, being the revolutionary faces, being the many names of Hecate, going out into the world mm-hmm. and spreading the work that needs to be done. Right. And this was this was very magical in, in a lot of a lot of senses because a lot of people that night took magical names. Mm-hmm. And whether it was one of Hecate's names or whether it was one of their own. Mm-hmm. And they were able to bring up the courage, bring up the ability to take on 
Hecate. Take on her work. Mm-hmm. Take on what needs to be done to become the revolutionary that we as witches need to be right now. Awesome. So this sounds like a lot of work. It it was honestly take like six months of magical work that mm-hmm. we that we would do in the reclaiming mm-hmm. tradition and literally putting it all, condensing it down into six days. Yeah, um, so I've said it before, and I'll say it again. It's a year's worth of counseling mm-hmm. done in a week, and you have the whole year to process it. Mm-hmm. It is it is intense. Mm-hmm. Um, it it is deep, and um, it it's actually as deep as you allow it because you can go and just experience and have a good camp, or you can go and you can drop in and take as much out of it as it's willing to give you. Or as much as you can take home. Right. <laughs> as much as you can fit in your suitcase. Yeah. So that's a good point because all work and no play make a very unhappy wolf. So. This is true. Tell the wolf about the fun parts. Oh, there's so much. Oh, my gosh. Um, so the uh, the woodlands, the mm-hmm. Mendocino woodlands actually offers hikes. Mm-hmm. There's a hike to Grandmother Tree. I believe that tree is... 2000 years old about 2000 years old it's yeah, it's so actually the grandmother tree it's actually the the mother tree of all the trees that are in that that area the redwood yeah. forest and i have a picture um of it i'll probably find it and repost that uh, because you can see share a it face. to us and we'll yeah post it can, on instagram you can see a face mm-hmm. in a knot it kind of looks like grandmother willow it's pretty cool huh. um and then they have one to a uh um waterfall, a waterfall. Mm-hmm. And I've t- I took that one last year, and that was actually quite nice. And no, the year before, I don't remember. They blend. Um, and then <laughs> they have a nature hike where they tell you about all of the flora and fauna that's mm-hmm. that's around. Um, the ones you can eat, the ones that are useful. Um, and that's the park putting that on. Yes, yeah, that is Mendocino okay. Park. And you have the opportunity to go do that while at camp. Yes, correct. Ah. So they have what's called optional offerings. I'm whacking the person who keeps saying he wants to go to the Redwoods. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <Yeah. laughs> I'm uh, like, I want to do these. <laughs> so they have what's called optional offerings every afternoon from 3.30 to, until 6 o'clock. Um, mm-hmm. People offer different classes. A couple that I've taken are was a drumming one, and that was kind of an introduction to drumming. Um, one that I offered this year was uh, cuddling. Ah. A cuddle puddle in the uh, sea bower. So, you know, puddling in the water, it was a play on words. But, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's people don't touch enough. And so in in sacred space, when you have complete um, uh, security and safety, Mm -hmm. um, people get the touch that they they need. Um, So it was just one big um, cuddle puddle. Um, So in that time from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m., you can do what? you want mm-hmm. there's there's some people who literally uh went down to the river and played in the water mm-hmm. uh there's some people who just walked out into the woods just to be by themselves and or just talk to other people draw create do whatever they they needed and wanted to do and mm-hmm. they still ha- and they had fun doing it and it, it's just a time literally where if if you want to get to know a ca- another another camper to you can mm-hmm. have a conversation yeah. or, you know, go hiking off together, whatever it is that you want to do. Yeah. You had plenty of time to do it. It, mm-hmm. um, it didn't feel like we were 
uh, consistently in sacred space, but you were, you know, right. it had it still had that sensation of, oh, of, course. of being yeah. in a magical space because yeah. of the trees. Right. Well, yeah, they hold in the magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I just have to say, standing at the base of one of those trees and looking straight up, oh man, it is, it, it, it is a feeling that you will never, you cannot duplicate unless you do it. Right. It's awesome. Literally awe. Some. Some. Gotcha. So um, now comes down the uh, interesting questions that mm-hmm. we didn't get to in mind. Some of the things, the misconstrued notions that people get about going to pagan camp. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you guys describe the um, sexualism or the, the um, promiscuity of it all? Oh, um, okay, so... Ours is um, nudity mm-hmm. allowed. Um, all the time. All the time, anytime, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, except in the dining hall or sitting on any of the benches. <laughs> you have yeah. to put down a towel or you have, in the dining hall, you are required to wear shoes, um, something on your rear end, and a top. Mm-hmm. So you have to be dressed in the dining hall. Otherwise, mm-hmm. what you wear is completely your business. There is no sexualizing of another human being. Mm-hmm. If there is any sexuality, it is between two consenting people. Mm-hmm. Or, consent. or more. Or, or more, yes. <laughs> it is always about consent. Mm-hmm. There is no implied consent. There is always discussion. Um, but there, shaming sexuality is a very um, modern idea. It's not really modern, maybe, but it's... It's not something it, we want in our religion. It is very not pagan. Right? Yeah. Exactly. And that's kind of why I bring it up is that because of that, people have this assumption. I've heard good pagan girls put out. And so that's why I'm like, all right, let's 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 talk about it now. Air the dirty laundry. Not right. all pagan girls right. put out. No. Or because, have to. Because, because some are asexual. Right. And they don't want to have sex. And some are demisexual. And they only want to have sex when they have a connection with somebody Mm -hmm. and then some love sex and they will have sex and it is beautiful and if they want to have sex with you they'll have sex with you if they don't they won't it's 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 generalizing and stereotyping and of um, course and i say to those people well you can go have sex with your generalization but as for the pagan people they're going to choose who they want Mm -hmm. and it's going to be beautiful right. and and uh not dirty right the sex is not dirty but one of the biggest things is this camp is also a study in community mm-hmm. and one of the biggest things about community is consent right exactly so it's you know it, it's it's not just going up and bum rushing somebody to give them a hug it's mm-hmm. hey i would like to offer you a hug is that okay mm-hmm. if they say yes give a hug if they say no it's on also honoring that sacred no right and that's one of the big things that 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 community nowadays does lack some pagans are just i'm gonna automatically hug you because Mm -hmm. and i usually wait and see is somebody else going to hug this person who knows this person i'm going to offer with arms wide and take whatever is offered Mm -hmm. but i know in our group in reclaiming um you smudge you get hug then you move on 
and um, never a requirement right yeah. i love exactly. those hugs and i look forward to them but if you don't want a hug you just say blessed be not a hugger <laughs> you don't even have to say it you can just yeah. put your hands up like mm-hmm. this and say blessed Offer be a handshake and, or just yeah. or and nod you can just cross your hands across your mm-hmm. chest and and just say blessed be you, yeah. touching is never a requirement exactly and, and the other side of that too is if you receive that no don't take it personally. Never. Mm-hmm. It's, it's never not, about it's not you. you. It's never about it's you. Never it's about not you. about you. Even if it's about you, it's not about you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's all about them. Yeah. Yes. 100%. Four agreements, totes. Yes. And so and and that's one of the one of the big things that they <laughs> that they do try to to bring out at California Witch Camp. Mm-hmm. It's it's about community, it's about consent. Exactly. And that's co- coming from the background that I've come from. Mhm so much different than than what i'm used to but i fell into it like it was second nature right and reclaiming as a tradition in whole is dry but that's not Mm. the same with all pagan communities right and my rule is did you take a substance are you still on that substance then no period Mm. no i will do anything but that and like you were talking about with demisexual i'm demi so i have to have an actual emotional connection with a person before i find you sexually attractive i might find you attractive or appealing to look at and i do not discriminate against butts of any gender a butt is a butt and it could be fine but i don't have a sexual interest in a person until i know them so like somebody coming up to me and going hey we got like 20 minutes before next ritual want to bang in the woods i'm like no I'm good. Like maybe four hours into a conversation that might change because I might have created a interaction with you as a person and being an empath, I'm a little lucky because I can develop that quicker. But at the same time, it's like, eh. you could be a cardboard cake for all you know. Right. Mm -hmm. I gotta touch it, get to know, smell, figure it all out. Cardboard cake. I'm going to use that. That's, okay. a, that's actually that's actually kind of, yeah, you look great you but look, you look great but what's you're your substance inside right yeah. yeah are you gluten-free are you vegan yeah what kind of a cake are you are you cardboard <laughs> you a lie which which speaking of of vegan and food mm-hmm. oh, my oh my gosh you guys oh. were fed the whole time you were there it's like a four-star resort food because you had all a kitchen witch all for oh, all of them all mm-hmm. vegetarian food with vegan options. Ooh, we and had vegetarian and gluten-free options. Yeah. And I I have to say I I did stumble a little bit. I had some meat. But it was on Friday. Mm-hmm. So I made it through most of the week. Um, and it was only like a couple of bites. But honestly, all this this vegetarian food that they served, there was it was so flavorful. Mm-hmm. There was actually substance behind it. And I tell you, I have not pooped so good in my life. <laughs> oh, yeah. So if you go into camp with gastro issues. <laughs> you leave without. Oh, it, it really does cure you. Mm-hmm. And you feel amazing. You feel energetic and, mm-hmm. and just lighter. And, um, yeah, things, things move as they should. Mm-hmm. As your body intended for them to move. As long as yeah. you stay hydrated. Yes. Well, and, and I'm not saying I'm going to turn full out vegetarian because, mm-hmm. you know, my some of my ancestors already yelled at me for that week. But there are really good vegetarian options. Oh my gosh. So 
And I know Sunshine actually, she has a, a cookbook that was made by. Uh, yeah, the uh, the head cook there, Karin, has a cookbook out, and I purchased it my second year um, because I knew that it existed my second year. Um, <laughs> and uh, it has some absolutely delightful things in there. One thing that I am super, super, super sad mm-hmm. that did not get offered this year was the chicken fried tofu. Mm. Oh, and. It, I've never had, to, I love tofu uh-huh. and I've never had tofu quite as tasty as their, as her chicken fried tofu. So I am going to go and find that uh, cookbook because it, it ended up with my music books in, in uh, storage. So, gotcha. so you have um, to dig. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Well, um, so I had a similar experience. I um, stayed so hydrated and ate well the entire time I was there. Um I reminded myself that we should feed ourselves the way we feed toddlers. Um, and I have decided that, you know how everyone's like, keto's the way that, or paleo's the way that our ancestors ate. Not everybody's ancestors ate the mm-hmm. way that paleo is structured. So I thought to myself, what did my ancestors eat? They ate primarily fish, vegetables, root vegetables, and dairy products, and eggs, but they didn't eat a whole lot of meat all the time. So I'm pretty much decided to go 90, 90, maybe 85% pescatarian. And the last time I had chicken, I wanted to vomit. Mm-hmm. I felt so bad, like physically and like not a mental, oh, I ate a chicken. I feel so terrible. It was just, it mm-hmm. felt heavy in my yeah. stomach. And to me, fish feels light. I feel so much better when I have any product from the sea. If I have just vegetables, vegetarian food, I feel better. I feel like my skin clears up better and is a brighter shade. And I feel like a lighter person. Like I, I could step on the scale of the number of beefs the same. I just feel lighter. Yeah. Like it's not so hard to lift my bones. Mm-hmm. So... That's that's been my experience. So I am changing my diet yeah. quite drastically. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's for me it, it'll it'll be more of a okay. I would have meat in this meal. Let's just take it out this time. Meatless Mondays start mm-hmm. small. Yeah. I love it. Small baby steps. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah, but the food there. I'm. I, I wish. I wish we could have those kitchen witches to ourselves. <laughs> Daily. Yes. Daily. They need to start a restaurant together. And, in our and kitchen. Make, in our kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yeah, but big, big thank you to to all those kitchen witches who who fed us greatly and and were were so accommodating for people who had specific dietary needs. Mm-hmm. So I mean. I, it it also shows the community coming together, which is which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eating eating together, eating the same food is a sacred act. Yeah, it's something that mm-hmm. we don't do very often mm-hmm. um, in large groups. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, like Thanksgiving dinner, it it's it's a, one of the few times of the year that a large group comes together and has that sacred meal mm-hmm. where they all eat the same food and they all feel twice as miserable as they would have any other day but you know if they'd eaten better options they would all feel awesome together (laughs) i agree no it's very much a sacred act to eat food together in a sitting and having the same exact thing Mm -hmm. so um 
I want to say a big thank you to Arizona Pagan Perspective for my experience. I'm sure you guys want to extend the same thank you. Oh, and yes. For the, the reclaiming group to who came together and created the California Witch Camp experience. So. And, and I can I can honestly say, and that this is this is something for me, and um, I am a priestess of Hecate right now. She has definitely moved, uh, moved and made a space mm-hmm. in me mm-hmm. um, to do her work. It's kind of interesting that she spoke to all of us separately, yeah. and I didn't even expect to see her mm-hmm. and she have was... her pop up and be like, "Nope, <laughs> well, you got work to do." She too. has and, work to be done. And, and and one of the things that that the Queen of the Witches in mm-hmm. Aspect said, and th- this actually rang in my ears. Did you know that right now there are more witches on earth than there has ever been? Think of that. Hold that close and look around. Because right now, those of you that are listening, you're part of that. What did I just say? 40,000 listens in the past month, guys? Yes. That's why I keep saying thank you. Thank yes. you for coming and listening. Obviously, we're saying something. So thank you. Yes, thank you from from the bottom of our hearts. And I know that the goddess thanks you. No matter what form she takes, no matter what name she takes, she thanks you as well. So we're going to wrap it up here. Um, we recorded two episodes in one night, if you can't tell from the <laughs> fact that we're drained now. Getting a little hoarse. Um, so uh, everything I said about Mercury retrograde and all that stuff still holds. Um, what I want to tell you instead, we are, of course, going to be at Pagan Pride. Phoenix Pagan Pride. Phoenix Pagan Pride, November 2nd. We will have our own booth once again. Mm-hmm. I will be teaching a class on expanding the triple goddess. At yes. Pagan Pride, because which, Pagan which, Pride is the triple goddess. Which I find awesomely amazing. Thank you. Because Hecate, Hecate is also, is also mm-hmm. the triple goddess. She has future, past, and present sight mm-hmm. and looks in all directions. So, yes, we will be talking about expanding the triple goddess, because when Lara decided to do the triple goddess, people were like, that's not my goddess. It doesn't show me in those faces of Maiden Mother Crone. And I was like, well, there's one way to solve that. Continue doing it because that is tradition and that is paganism as the triple goddess. And then talk about the modern way of dealing with it. Have a class offered. So I was like, you know what? Uh, Once again, if somebody else doesn't do it, I got to do it myself (laughs) because I want it. If I want it, I got to do it. So I'm doing it. So that will be happening. Of course, we'll be recording an awesome episode at Peg and Pride for you guys to listen. Um, we are in the works to getting who's going to be on there. Keep your fingers crossed if you are a Wendy Rule fan. Because yeah. she's going to be at Phoenix Peg and Pride. Oh, my gosh. Yeah! Yes. And if I'm allowed, then I might actually be at you guys' booth, too. Well, of <laughs> course, you're going to be at our booth. You recorded with us this year. Therefore, you were... Not excused from duties. Yes. <laughs> Alright, see y'all at Pagan Pride. Right? So, keep your fingers crossed if you're a Wendy Rule fan. I hope to get her sitting down with us to chitter-chat just a few. Mm-hmm. And, awesome. like I said again, if you are anywhere near Arizona and physically capable of showing up to Phoenix Pagan Pride, it's getting better and better, y'all. Yes. How many listeners did you have? A lot. A lot. 
All right. I expect <laughs> to see at least half of them there. Right. No. <laughs> we got people all over the world. There's one tiny country off of the coast of Africa that we have seven people from. That's fantastic. Huh? The Seychelles. 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 So thank you to you seven awesome peoples. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think uh, if if I just may may just say this because I'm feeling moved to, there's a lot of work that needs to be done with all the listeners that are listening. Mm -hmm. We are one. Mm -hmm. And one voice with a thousand backers can be mighty. Mm Mm-hmm. So thank you again to each and every single one of you for listening to us and making our humble little show just that much better just by just by listening. Yep. Well, from all of us here, once again, thank you and merry meet. Merry, merry part. part. And, and merry, merry meet, meet again. again.